My name is Shelly Harrison, and you're listening to Speaker Central, sponsored by Sadat and Associates and Connected Women of Influence. On this episode, we talk about In Pursuit of Alpha. My special guest, Charlie Wright. Welcome to this episode of Speaker Central, powered by Luminary Leaders. I'm your host, Shelley Harrison. Each week, we open the conversation with our guests to unravel their solutions, perspective, and get into their mindset of business based on our current business situation. Our topic today, In Pursuit of Alpha. My guest is Charlie Wright. Welcome, Charlie. Shelly, great to be here. Thank you very much for having me. And, uh, you know, uh, we're still in the quarantine period here, so uh, it worked out very well to be able to do this uh, from my office and from yours here. Yes, yes, I, I agree. And, you know, what I, what I would like to start with is, you know, number one, thank you for being on the show, Charlie. And I want to kind of get right into this, have you tell us about yourself. Um, so please tell us about yourself. Well, Shelly, uh, I'm a Southern California uh, bred boy. After being born in the South, uh, just after World War II, uh, where oh, my father was yeah. from, and uh, raised in Orange County. And uh, at 19 years old, uh, spent uh, two and a half years as a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints uh, in yeah. France. So I love all things French. Uh, I don't speak French as well as I used to, but it's still uh, my, my, my favorite number one language here. Came back, um, went to Brigham Young University for both undergraduate and graduate work, and then uh, started off in a career, started out in local government, moved to Saudi Arabia with my wife and at the time four kids, lived there for three and a half years. I was kind of a city planner kind of guy in a previous uh, life and world. I came back, came into the life insurance business with Mass Mutual, spent about 20 years doing that. I built that business on public speaking, uh, starting out with Rotary and Kiwanis clubs, things like that, and then worked yeah. up from there to various associations, et cetera. And then in uh, 2006, um, decided that what I really liked was the investment part of that. I've ah. been licensed for investment, but it, is, it had not always been my primary and main pursuit. And so I uh, switched over to assets under management, uh, no sales of investment products, just uh, assets under management. I've been doing that ever since. And uh, in about five and a half years ago, in 2014, towards the end of the year, I heard about podcasting and it was much uh, you know, less popular then than it is today. And so I uh, found uh, uh, OC Talk Radio, which is really a podcast studio, and started doing podcasts and yeah. do it on the subject of alternative investments. And uh, it's an interview show uh, like yours. Uh, however, I'm not nearly as good looking as you are here. So, so hey, it's, it's, it's <laughs> a challenge kind. for me, okay? <laughs> and uh, so I've had about uh, over 350 interviews over mm -hmm. the past five and a half years. It's been an absolute joy. We'll be talking about it, the wonderful things that uh, 
it has brought uh, the knowledge, understanding, the fun, the recognition uh, of the investment world, etc. So um, yeah. that's uh, that's me. My uh, my wife and I have seven children, and yeah. uh, the good news is they're all raised. <laughs> and we now have uh, a ton oh. of grandchildren, and life is very sweet oh, here in wonderful. Irvine, California. At least once we can get back outside. Uh, yes, we'll be <laughs> Thank you. I I agree, and I and I love everything about you, Charlie. You just got that that dynamic personality, a, a radio personality. I might might add to that. Um, well, and we you, definitely Shelley. most people yeah. say, Shelley, that I have a face for radio. A so, face uh, for radio. Face yes, for radio. you have a very serious face, but but again, you've got that look with those, uh, you've got your, your earphones on, and I know we have your microphone in front of you, so we're, we're all set for this interview you today. You just can't see the fact, uh, Shelly, that I need a haircut, and I'm still trying <laughs> to figure out how we're going to do that. <laughs> oh, that, that's a good point, huh? And you definitely don't want to have to drive to Georgia to do it, right? Well, that's right. I don't. <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, here's a question that I like to ask all of my guests. And it's kind of a, one of those questions that just kind of comes right at you. So I'm going to ask this question, Charlie, and I just want you to tell me what comes to mind. Okay. okay. So I'm blown away at how my investment firm fill in the blank. I'm blown away by, about how my investment firm and then fill in the blank. Please. Okay, thank you very much. Well, I appreciate it. Well, yeah. has brought uh, such enjoyment to me. Uh, you know, uh, like I, you know, my, my previous uh, careers in local government and then uh, uh, in Saudi Arabia, they were not very fulfilling. I got to tell you, I am not a bureaucrat. Yeah. I am the furthest mm. thing in the world from a bureaucrat. <laughs> and so when I went in the life insurance business, I really enjoyed, I loved the fact that I was self-employed at all of these different avenues that I, that, that I could pursue. But there yeah. was something lacking there. I never really connected with asking for referrals with uh, not saying you're a life insurance agent, you're really a, you know, some kind of planner or a state planning person or whatever it is, kind of sneaking in the back door, not telling people, hey, I'm really here to sell you life insurance, pal. No, you're, yeah. you're, you're there to help them and to be nice. And, <laughs> and I love the fact that in, in the investment world, that's what I do. I'm an investment advisor. I say it. It's three words. Everybody knows. You know, I don't have to hide. They know exactly how much I charge because it's assets under management. I yeah. love being open to all of that. In addition, mm -hmm. what I love is that there are ways to distinguish yourself in this business, mm -hmm. investment advisory, that, that I have uh, found a way to do. And I really, really enjoy that. And we'll be talking about that a, a little more. We will be. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, what is your perception of how COVID-19 has played out with alternative investments? Well, some have done very well. Some have done less well. Uh, but uh, what they all have in common is that we've tried very hard. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges of the past years that has now changed is that the real popular investments have been inexpensive exchange-traded funds sold by people who didn't really pay attention to things 
-hmm. and sold for, um, often for commission, but not always. And then they were sold because they were cheap, but they had no opportunity to protect it against the downside. Mm. And so we've been able to, in many ways, protect against the downside. Not that we have been perfect, okay? Because, uh, you know, uh, so some things have been hit very, very hard. REITs have been hit very hard. And for the past 20 years, they've outperformed the stock market. So nobody was really expecting that. And the problem was they happened over a 10-day, two-week period. They, they, they just yeah. fell through the floor. But other uh, alternative investments have performed very well. And there are downside hedges and great opportunities to protect. So mm -hmm. that, that is, is something that the long, what are called long only buy and hold kind of strategies have not been able to do at all. And those people I'm sure are very, very embarrassed. Okay. But yeah. you know, it's, it's the fact. And we've been singing this tune for the full five years that I've been in the, uh, doing the podcasts here. Yeah, yeah. So Charlie, uh, tell me, what does in pursuit of alpha mean? You, you know, uh, that's, uh, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, you get into a business and you think everybody knows the nomenclature, you know? So I appreciate yeah. you bringing that up. So uh, yeah. the, there are two key words, okay, in, in the world of investments. So one is alpha, and that is what the manager creates. Mm-hmm. That's not what the market creates. It's what the manager creates. And so every, every manager wants to be able to say, I create alpha. Mm -hmm. So by working okay. with me or us, okay, we are able to give you a better return than if you just go out on your own and buy the S&P 500 or the uh, aggregate bond index or something like that. And yeah. so beta is what the market gives you. So anybody can invest in beta. You buy the S&P 500 or the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the QQQs, or the, the NASDAQ 100 or whatever it is. Anybody can create beta. And if beta's down, beta's down. If beta's up, beta's up, okay? But alpha is what the manager creates. And that is what I speak about. That's what yeah. my show is about. That's mm -hmm. what I talk to clients about is generating alpha. Aha. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that for us. <laughs> so oh, what, <laughs> what are you wildly excited about when you think about the investment industry? You know, the, the, the investment industry is really an interesting place. Uh, uh, about uh, two or three years ago, Shelley, I got a phone call from a group, an association, and they, uh, I, I had known these people and I had done some podcasts for them. And they said, hey, we're going to have a, a, a conference in San Diego. Would you come and do some podcasts? I said, sure. So I went down there for the day, did these podcasts, and uh, I, I interviewed 12 people. Now, these were all investment managers in this podcast. They, they, now, these are not client relationship people. Okay, mm -hmm. these are people who are managing the investments, kind of like a mutual fund will have somebody who buys and sells what they're buying and selling. Okay, they're sure. not working with clients. Okay, so these were investment managers, okay, buying and selling. Of the 12 that I interviewed, Shelley, three had a PhD in engineering. Wow. They had had mm. a, a, um, a career mm -hmm. in engineering. 
and they had either left that career or they had retired for that from that career to become investment managers. Okay. Mm -hmm. So this what do you? In a, oh, three go ahead. 12, I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. And so this is an exceptionally popular uh, place where people want to be. One is yeah. great rewards, no question about it. But number two, it, it is fascinating. It is interesting. Mm -hmm. And so to be able to be in that industry, it, it's a fascinating thing. Now, uh, of those three PhDs, I mean, one of those PhDs was from Stanford. One of the Gosh. PhDs was from Michigan State. And I don't remember where the third one was. And they were from completely different areas of engineering. But the point is that how many PhDs in engineering are going to leave it? <laughs> you know, that are willing to, business? yeah. That's right. And so it is a fascinating business, interesting business, etc. Second thing, Shelley, is that, you know, whatever TV show or movie that you see, and they've got, let's say, a hedge fund manager in that, okay? Mm -hmm. That hedge fund manager, I can guarantee you, is a jerk. He is scum oh. of the earth, you know? They really? Always, oh, they always oh. portray a hedge fund manager as a terrible person okay now yeah. i don't interview many hedge fund managers but the people i interview they're like hedge fund managers okay they're investment asset managers they're, they're called they're they're asset managers and so they're buying and selling different stocks different bonds different real estate projects etc the ones i have interviewed have been 180 degrees from that one yeah. is quality good value-oriented people. Mm -hmm. I don't follow them around on Friday nights. I don't know if they drink wine or whiskey or <laughs> things like that, but I can tell you, I, I've spent significant time with them talking. Yeah. I interview all my guests a couple of weeks ahead of time. We mm -hmm. spend 30 minutes to an hour talking on the phone. I interview them live. And then afterwards, we typically, you know, kind of unwind by continuing to talk. Yeah, so I know them fairly well, and they are quality people. Number two, they are bright. If you yeah. are not bright, you're not going to last in the asset management business. You, you, you're just not. You may be a client relationship person, a financial mm -hmm. advisor, okay? But if you're not very bright, then you're not going to make it in the um, asset management business. And so most of them, they have yeah. gone to the finest business schools, or maybe they have majored in uh, engineering, or they've majored in tech, uh, you know, IT or something like that. But they have gone to the Ivy League schools, they've gone to great schools, they have been trained by the often the, the best in the industry. And they're just yeah. impressive, sharp, good people. And the ones that I have interviewed, get yeah. all the indications of having the highest of values. Yeah, and well, that, that was encouraging to me. Yeah, well, and I and I I believe that especially in your industry, credibility, responsible, yes. someone that can be trusted. You know, and I spent yep. some time in the financial industry. I spent twenty seven years, almost twenty seven years in the banking industry, and I had wow. you know a lot of investment advisors that I had worked with, yeah. and you know, and I'm a person of integrity, and I had the best investment people that I worked with who I knew were taking great care of my clients. And, and that's where I think, you know, sometimes kind of like a used car, car salesman, right? Sometimes they, those poor guys and, and gals get a bad rap because they're, they're hungry for sales. But in the yeah. same token with the investment advisors, 
there are definitely those folks out there that are doing, you know, work that is, you know, full of integrity and credibility and, you know, having the client's best, you know, best interest at heart. And I know you to be that way because that's, we've had uh, off, offline conversations, Charlie, and I know how committed you are to helping and supporting, you know, your, your clients. Hey, well, so, I, I appreciate that. But sometimes, Shelley, uh, this business wants you to be committed, uh, committed to an institution. <laughs> I tell you. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. Um, and how exciting for you that you've had over 300. I mean, I aspire to be like you. I think I'm on, uh, I'm up to episode 18 uh, with our, with well, our show, you, Speaker Shelley. Central. That's great. We have to start somewhere, right? Yeah. Those are the <laughs> yeah. toughest. Those first 18 are the toughest. They are. Yeah, they, they yeah. are. And, but you know what? You make it so easy, Charlie. So, you know, I don't have to worry about that. Um, hey, well, well, thanks. Let, let me tell you about a couple of my interviews here. One of them, I, I interviewed Danielle DiMartino Booth. She wrote a book. This was uh, probably three years ago. Uh, she, she wrote a book about the Federal Reserve. It's called Fed Up. And Fed she up. had worked at the Federal Reserve uh, for nine years. She left just after the 2000 and, well, no, no. She left in about 2014, I believe, and wrote a book. And it was kind of an expose on the Federal Reserve. And oh. uh, she worked for the one in Dallas because they've got, they've got them in several different places in the country. And this yeah, is a do. scathing book. She is highly critical of the Federal Reserve. And, you know, these have become some of the most important people in the world. And to have an yes. insight of somebody who worked there. Yes. She's very bright gal, has an MBA plus a master's degree in uh, journalism. So she's an excellent writer. She'd been on Wall Street for several years, was well connected there, and told us about how the Federal Reserve works, how it doesn't work, <laughs> okay, and all about it. It was fascinating. And to interview her, be. I read the book first, to interview her and get her input and insights on things. Fabulous. And she is not shy to share her opinions. Yes. That was really, wow. really an interesting thing. Thank you Second for sharing one, that let me tell you. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was great. Number two is I've interviewed two or three times a guy named Dr. Bob Dealey. He's an economist. Mm -hmm. I really like him. And uh, he's about my age, not a young guy. And uh, he's been a con chief economist for several banks, etc. He was in the middle of the uh, savings and loan crisis back in the 80s. Oh, my and goodness. And so his, wow. his I remember insight, that. And, yeah. yeah, his insight and to say, yeah, you were probably in the banking industry at yes, that time. Yes, I was. And, and uh, his insights are great. And he's not shy, again, in, in sharing his opinions. And I will receive something from somebody that that's fairly complicated uh, in terms of economics. And I'll send yeah. it to him and we'll call and we'll have a, an hour conversation. We've done that more than once. And he'll tell me, no, this guy's missing this. He's missing that, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Fascinating. You can't buy that stuff. No, okay? no. And so, that, you know, people ask me, well, when are we headed into a recession? I don't have to sit there and tell, well, I think, you know, I mean, what do I know? <laughs> I'm not an economist. I love your spirit, Charlie. <laughs> okay. And so, uh, you know, well, here's what Dr. Bob Dealey says. Boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom. And right. it all makes sense. And uh, I would have never had that without the podcast. I would have never talked to uh, yeah. Danielle DiMartino Booth. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, or many of the other, I would never talk to these PhDs. 
who now, uh, you know, have their own strategies, etc. So these are things that I've been able to do and have and insights I've been able to, yeah. to share, okay, on the recipient end that would have never happened if I, if I hadn't done the podcast. And people ask me fairly often, hey, why do you do these? Okay, and I tell them, number one is for education. I st when I started five and a half years ago, I thought I knew the world of, of alternative investments pretty well. I now realize 350 plus interviews lately afterwards, most all of which have been on uh, alternative investments. I now realize I don't know anything. Okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't, Aww. I know so much more than I did, but primarily I know that I don't know much and uh, it's mm. just been a great experience. Sorry for going on so long. No, that's fine. And, and, you know, it's nice to have those kind of people, especially at that level, you know, the caliber of, of people that you've connected with and to be able to have them on your show and ask, you know, really in, you know, intelligent questions. I mean, that takes a lot of preparation, especially knowing that, you know, that they're, you know, very sophisticated. They've, you know, had these extraordinary careers and, you know, here they are, they're talking with you, which is exciting because that goes to show the caliber of interviewer that you are. Well, <laughs> right? you're nice, Kelly. Appreciate yeah. you saying so. And that, this kind of segues into the next question I wanted to ask you, Charlie. So, uh, you know, and you kind of shared three different stories, and, and we, we really appreciate that. Um, with over 350 episodes that you've done with OC Talk Radio on Strategic Investor Radio is the name of your show, what common thread do you see with your guests? You know, what, what is so interesting about that, Shelley, is that that's a very surprising answer. And the com one common thread is definitely... We're talking about things that you are not hearing on CNN, CNBC, Fox mm -hmm. Business News, reading in the Wall Street Journal, reading in other uh, financial magazines and media. And yeah. I so often ask my guests, okay, I say, look, we've been talking about hedged equity. We've been talking about investing in trust deeds. We've been talking about REITs. We've been talking about uh, sustainable investing. We've been talking about all of these different strategies. And I could go on and on on the strategies, but I see very, very little. I read the Wall Street Journal religiously every day. Do you? For wow. decades, for mm. decades. And I read Barron's and, and I yeah. watch a lot of YouTubes and things like that. They're not talking about these things very much mm. at all. They're talking about where our interest rates going. And they're talking yeah. about what PIMCO is doing. And they're talking about what Vanguard is doing. They're not talking about these alternative type investments, which are yeah. growing every single year. And I'll ask my mm. guests, I'll ask, why are we not seeing and hearing more of this in the media? And, and of yeah. course, they don't know. They're just guessing. And they typically say things that are not very flattering to the media, okay, about who their sponsors are and why they stay focused with those big, huge companies and yeah. the, the, the regular, normal kinds of investments that everybody's heard about forever, okay? And, and so th that's very, very common that uh, these people are talking about strategies that we're not hearing elsewhere. In fact, that's the tagline of my show, bringing you strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. 
And mm. you would think there is yeah. such a herd mentality. You would think that the world of investments wouldn't have a herd mentality, right? I mean, yeah. you think that, you know, people be very interested in different kinds of investments. And I think they are. Mm -hmm. But the media, no, they're just right down the middle. They go from 45 to 55 percent of, of what's going on. And they stay within that very narrow lane. And <laughs> really a surprise to me. Yeah. Gosh, you know, and I could just imagine the conversations that you have, Charlie, with some of the people that you're really a lot of the people that you're interviewing. I mean, they get really like you're pointing out that this is not stuff that you'll, you know, see in the Wall Street Journal or anywhere online or YouTube or CNN. And, and, and that that's that says something for your show and how kind of intrigued you are with the information. But again, you know, you're giving these people a platform to set the record straight, right? About alternative investments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Thank you, Charlotte. Yeah. So uh, I know that we talked about a couple of people that pointed out to you as far as, you know, really um, gave a lot of, a lot of credibility to your show just by, you know, virtue of having them on your show. Um, but tell us about, other than the ones that you mentioned, someone who was so influential on your show that it made a profound impact on you. Michelle, you, you love superlatives, you know that? Uh, wildly <laughs> exciting, uh, profound. <laughs> you know, in the world of investments, yeah. we learn rather quickly not to use superlatives because <laughs> I one, know. Of the keys, one of the keys to downfalls in this business is arrogance. And mm, once we think we yeah. got it figured out, we realize after a while we're on the wrong path. And we have a statement in the industry yeah. that is very interesting. And that is that uh, things work until they don't. Mm, yeah. Okay. And so you can come up with a particular strategy. It works for some period of time, whether that's one month or two years or whatever. But at some yeah. point, it's going to run out. Uh, one of the things that it actually didn't come from an interview, but it came from some background work I was doing on an interview came from Dr. Thomas Sowell. Uh, and I, I started reading him uh, in Forbes magazine back in the 80s. And he, yeah. he is just a wonderful, wonderful guy. I, I really respect him. And he has a saying that I tell people all the time. And it is critically important to remember. The saying is this. It's simple. It is, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. Hmm. And that's the case. That's the case in investing. That's the case in life. Yeah. There are no yes. solutions. There are trade-offs and that's what there is. Mm -hmm. So there are trade-offs to buying a new car. There are trade-offs to not buying a new car. Yes. There are trade-offs to having children. There are trade-offs to not having children. Okay. There are trade-offs to getting married. There are trade-offs to not getting married. Mm -hmm. There are trade-offs to being your own boss. There are trade-offs to not being your own boss. And so in the world of investments, mm -hmm. there are trade-offs to being more conservative. There are trade-offs to being less conservative, etc. And one yeah. of the keys in investing and, and, and in buying anything and in life is what are the trade-offs? And that's yeah. a question that is too rarely asked. Mm. What are the trade-offs? And so all the time, People, well, you can make all this money by doing this. 
Okay. Well, can you lose doing that? Yes. Okay. This is an investment where you can lose. What are the trade-offs in this? Okay. Can you lose more than you can make? Uh, how often do people lose? Those kinds of questions. Yeah. But, you know, it, it's too easy to get focused on the glitz of buying that Tesla of whatever it is we're looking to do. What are the trade-offs for doing it? Okay. <laughs> That's $800 right. a month is not so fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Although my 18-year-old son would say there are trade-offs that he could could verify because he's wanted me to get a Tesla. And I, I said, no trade-offs. <laughs> I'm not buying a Tesla. <laughs> not yet. <laughs> yeah. And so that's yeah. what we need to ask. What are the trade-offs yeah. for that, investing that is and elsewhere? Great and that is a yeah. key that so many people either miss or don't take seriously enough. We mm. get glitz in our eyes. Not that I'm always a conservative investor. I, I'm not saying that we only do that, but we have to recognize the trade-offs. Yes. Yes. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. I think a lot of our viewers and listeners, I think that they could apply this to their life and really kind of look at it as though, okay, I might not be able to find a solution, but you know what? Definitely I can, you know, look for trade-offs and, and be more creative on how they try to, you know, achieve what they want. Yeah. 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 Well, with the years of your background um, in the investment sector, Charlie, where does your perseverance and drive come from? Because you have an incredible drive. You've got your OC Talk radio show. You, you know, you have your client book of business and you're out there speaking and, you know, doing all these, all these great things. Where does that perseverance and drive come from? Well, Shelly, I got to tell you, first of all, uh, when you have seven kids and you're self-employed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. It's, uh, you know, it's been 35 years of, uh, you know, hard work. I mean, there's no question about it. Mm -hmm. And uh, you, you go out and started in the life insurance business, as we talked about, for 20 years. Uh, you know, there was really no choice. But that's why it's important to do something that you love. Mm -hmm. And uh, people ask me now, well, they'll ask, well, why are you doing this? Okay. Why are you yeah. still doing this? And I say, you know, I'm not a hobby guy. Uh, I've had some medical conditions throughout my life that keep yeah. me from playing golf and doing other physical things like that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, even if I uh, didn't have clients, I would be doing this. Uh, and I even if I didn't have clients and didn't need to, I'd be doing it because I really really enjoy it. And I know that you sounds trite. Do. Okay. Yeah. But, but it, in my case in doing this, it's true. Now, do I love a hundred percent of it? Definitely not. No, you, you don't enjoy a hundred percent of whatever you do. Okay. I can yeah. tell you for sure. Mothers don't enjoy a hundred percent. My <laughs> wife definitely doesn't enjoy oh. being cooped up uh, in quarantine these days. Oh. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's, it, if we enjoy 75% of what we do, we are very, very fortunate, very blessed. No question about it. And Shelly, if, if I can get uh, off track for just a minute here. Please. Okay. I, yeah. uh, I, I uh, want to share something that, that is very important to me. Uh, about a year ago, uh, through a particular connection, through university I, I attended, BYU, uh, they have a particular program for uh, students throughout the world. 
And, uh, you know, there are 40 plus thousand of these students in this program. It's called Pathway. And one of the things they do is they have a mentor uh, who speaks English talk with someone either in the States or out of the States once a week for about an hour to kind of mentor them and help them to learn the English language because mm -hmm. English is only taught in English. So for yeah. the past year, I've been talking about once a week with this young man uh, from uh, the Congo in Western Africa. Mm. And I speak French and they speak French there, but he and I talk almost exclusively in English. And that has been one of the greatest experiences I've ever had oh. because they do not have a fraction of mm. what we have. Wow. And uh, they don't have the opportunities, the schooling, the education, the, mm. the economy, the banks, the healthcare system. They're all but absent. Okay. Yeah. And um, they, they, they just don't have it. And he is the most likable kid. He's 23 oh. years old. He has also served a mission for the, uh, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And just the most yeah. likable, wonderful guy. We talk once a week. Really gotten to know each other well. And, uh, you know, I, I like the saying that some people think they've hit a triple, but really they were born on third base. Mm. Okay? And that's what I can recognize about yeah. me and my family. We, we, we may, it's easy to get proud, okay? Mm -hmm. But really, being born in America, we were born on third base. Yeah. And, and that has just been, it's one mm -hmm. thing to hear about massive unemployment and people can't work and all of these things going on, but, but that's far away, right? But when you're talking to someone like you and I are talking, he's on the mm -hmm. computer screen, we're talking real time, you just say, holy cow, I am, we are so fortunate to be where we are. And that's been a, a real eye opener for me. Yes. And, you know, we are very fortunate. And, you know, what I love seeing, especially this time where, you know, where, where a lot of us are, you know, have stay at home orders. And, you know, I think a lot of people are aching to get out. However, I think, you know, there's so many things that we could be doing to help others. And, um, here locally and, you know, abroad. And, and I've heard so many fabulous stories from friends and family. And um, I'll, I'm going to get my, my mother-in-law a shout out. She's 88 years old and bless her heart because she is actually making uh, masks. She's a, a ma really, master sewer. She's, she loves to sew. And they're going to a hospital in Sacramento where my oh, uh, brother-in-law is the president of the, of the hospital. And she does this every week and she's been doing it since COVID-19 started. So Bonnie, you are a rock star. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for sharing yes. that with us. Well, thank you. And so, you know, Charlie, we're, we're at the end of, of the episode here, but I'd love to ask you one last question. Um, just if there's anything that, that you'd like to share with our audience. You know, Shelly, I really appreciate that. I, I just did. I wanted to make sure I got that in. My, my, my friend, Edgar from the uh, uh, Democratic Republic of Congo. And mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure you got that. I wanted to thank you very much for this opportunity to share these yeah. things. I hope that uh, these things are helpful to people. 
And uh, we'd love to have anybody go to strategicinvestorradio.com and listen to any of those webcasts. And just like your show, you watch it and it costs absolutely nothing. And it's uh, an ego booster for both you and me, right? Yes. <laughs> well, and we will have all the links so that uh, our followers and listeners can easily find Charlie's, uh, his OC Talk radio show. Very informative, uh, illuminating, I think, is, is one of the words I, I heard um, about Charlie's show. So again, thank you, Charlie, for being with us here at Speaker Central. And uh, for those of you that are listening, you know, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We're on Spotify, Anchor, iTunes, and many other platforms. So until next time, thank you for joining us. Shelly, thank you very much for having me. Thank you, Charlie.